Distance Daddies. Hey, and welcome back to the 19th episode of Distance Daddies. On today's episode, we welcome former All-American at Utah, world mountain champ, and professional track, trail, and roadrunner, Wasaukini Grayson Murphy. We chat about her later start into running than most in college, how she ended up starting to race trails, and how she combos track, trail, and road racing so well. We also talk about her training, how she stays motivated, and much more finishing up with the daddy duos of best Thanksgiving dishes. If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast and on Instagram at distance underscore daddies. And with that, let's get into it. On today's episode, we welcome former All-American at Utah, World Mountain and Xterra Trail Run champ, and professional runner with Saucony and Ultimate Direction, Grayson Murphy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Uh, so you started a little later into running than most people. Uh, what got you into that initially? Yeah, I was switching from soccer to running um, freshman year of college, and I don't know. I just still wanted to have friends and I'd never not been on a soccer team and been in sports. So I knew that was something I still wanted to be involved in. But I also knew that probably running was feasibly the only sport I could walk into um, with no experience at the college level. So it kind of limited my options. And yeah, it was really a social thing at the beginning. And um, that's it still is a social thing for me. So I try and remember that. But uh, fell in love with it pretty quickly and the rest is kind of history nice were there any like aspects right away that you kind of fell in love with I think I really initially liked how black and white it is which might sound kind of weird but in soccer I felt like there was a lot of subjectivity to it um a lot of coaches might be like oh you're not you don't have the playing style I like for my team and you have 11 people on a team. So you have to make sure like their playing styles match up and there's more politics involved too. One coach might think you're really good and another coach might not. And that's their opinion on it. And with mm -hmm. running, it was pretty black and white. Like if you run the time, that's your time. And that can go both ways. Like there's a flip side of that too, where you get defined by your times. And I don't like that either, but I do like that um, your results are pretty standalone and can speak for themselves. And that was refreshing coming from the soccer world where that's not the case. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Were there things that you felt like you had to like learn fast or like catch up to speed on? Oh yeah. I didn't know anything. I, I didn't have running shoes. I didn't have a, I didn't know running watches existed. I didn't know what that was. Um, I think the longest run I had done prior to arriving and the, so I went to Santa Clara and um, I walked on, but there was like really no tryout process. So basically I showed up and was on the team and 
I oh, showed wow. up and I think the longest run I had done prior to showing up was four or five miles and they wanted us to run for an hour the first day and I vividly remember being like I can't run for an hour <laughs> like that's crazy that's way too long um I think I made it like six miles and then I was like that's good for me <laughs> um yeah but my teammates were great and they begrudgingly sometimes answered all of my questions and kind of taught me how to run and what running was and I had never even seen a cross-country meet before and on the way to my first one in the van with the coaches I asked the coach how do we start um because in my head I never really like my family aren't runners either so I'd never been like around running races and I'd seen track races though so then I was picturing like are there lanes all, the whole way on this like <laughs> grass course are there like how do we start the race? Are we all in a line? And they just like laughed and shook their head. And they're like, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> like this girl's on our team and she had known nothing. Um, so there's a lot to learn. And I think that was part of the fun of it though, too, was I, everything was new. So it was just like a fun experience and a really humbled me. Um, my first sub six minute mile was that race. Um, oh, the wow. first mile of the three so that was like <laughs> blew my mind that I could run three in a row because I didn't know I could do that so it was fun and I think that's kind of why I still like running now is everything still there's so much you can learn and continue learning even after doing it for six years now seven years um, there's still so much I learn so it's a fun sport to be involved in for sure how'd you feel at the end of that first race was it like wow, that was way harder than I expected, or that was a blast, or what? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a blast. I actually, like, won for my team, and oh, wow. I was running with the girls. My coaches told me, like, just follow your teammates. Don't lose sight of them. So I was running with them, and then we got to the, near the end, and I could kind of see the finish, so I asked them mid-race if I could go ahead, and <laughs> I think they were, like, a little mad that I was asking them, like, could speak at that point. Um but it was so fun and yeah, it was kind of a rush. So I kind of like chase that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds super fun. Uh, do you feel like there were any like advantages or disadvantages to you like kind of starting later? Yeah, um, I would say more advantages than disadvantages. And that might be on purpose too because I don't want to get stuck thinking like oh I would be better if because it's hard yeah. the what ifs get hard but um I do think I had a healthier perspective on like fueling and body image than a lot of younger college girls did at that time and I think it's maybe hopefully a little better now but um mm -hmm. coming from soccer that it was definitely not lighter is better. If anything, it was like the opposite of that. Um, and I was always told I was too small for soccer. So coming to running and being confronted with girls that looked like to me so sick um, was kind of eye-opening. And I think that having that perspective helped me navigate that and make sure like I didn't get sucked into that either for the most mm -hmm. part and realizing like, oh, it's, like you can be strong and healthy um, and lighter doesn't necessarily mean better. 
and then I think too like with the sports um not like I don't have a I'm injured now but uh, with overuse injuries I didn't have any I wasn't ever injured in college and I do think that like my background playing other sports growing up um was really helpful in that I didn't like specialize very early and I think that helped me just get stronger like being an athlete not necessarily a runner and then that made me a stronger runner in the end so I I would say to people too like don't feel like you need to specialize too early I think it's still possible to be really good at your sport later on but still be an athlete like an all-around athlete yeah from when I've been hearing in the last like couple years I think that's definitely like a good trend uh of people just that did other sports growing up just have like a lot better success with injuries and stuff like that yeah uh was there a big prevalence of like body image stuff uh in running when you were in college do you feel like uh yeah I would definitely say it was like apparent um my team all the teams I was on luckily were not bad and I think I was got really lucky to have the coaches I had that were all very like down to earth um they cared about us as humans not just as runners and we weren't replaceable um and they yeah cared about our health mental mental and physical and just all around well-being so I think that helped and um I did see though like competitors on other teams where one year they would like skyrocket to the top and then the next year they're gone in residential like eating disorder treatment and so that was kind of like eye-opening too because that is not not quite as common and not to that extent in soccer do you see that so that was kind of an ugly side of the new running sport that I was getting into that I wasn't like super impressed with um but that's also too I think why I've tried to be outspoken about it now and getting a platform for that and just saying like that's not it doesn't have to be that way yeah that's great do you think it's improved in the last few years I think so yeah I hope I'm not being like overly optimistic and I know I'm not in the NCAA system now but it does appear that um that's catching on more and I hope it seems like um in the news too like we've seen the bod pod issue where they're not going to be testing body fat and if they are like make sure that that is with a qualified healthcare professional not just giving that information to your coach um, yeah that's not really something they need to have and yeah I just think like women's sports in general and how women are coached and expectations are changing too like we're seeing a lot more research coming out on how we're hormonally different and that's okay but that also means like we can't train like men um and that's important to remember too so I do think like it seems like things are trending in the right direction so hopefully it yeah. continues that way yeah I agree um when you were progressing into track how did you pick what events you wanted to do you know I didn't really pick myself my coaches at Santa Clara when I first met with them when I first got there I was a soccer player so I they had told me initially I would be like a 400 800 meter runner um but we got through 
cross country that year and I ended up being good at cross country so then they thought oh like you're better at some longer stuff um so they kind of put me in steeple because a I was interested because I thought oh it looks like an obstacle course like that could be fun (laughs) (laughs) and there's a water pit like that is kind of thrilling um and then they thought like the 3k might be a good distance on the track for me because it wasn't quite a 5k but it wasn't super short either so they thought it'd be like a good intro to track um and I just really liked it and kind of took to it and yeah kept doing it so yeah I do like tend to like longer distances better but uh steeple's pretty fun so yeah uh when you were coming out of college you signed like a professional track uh contract right Mm -hmm. yeah uh so what happened with that were you kind of like sold on the track at first and then changed your mind that you wanted to kind of combo the with the trail stuff or how did that look yeah so i was with naz elite and they're not just a track team they're road and track um so it wasn't like I just had to run on the track. And actually, probably they would have preferred I did more road than track. But I don't know, the team, it was just a different experience than being on a college team. Um, yeah, and the training was a bit different. I felt like maybe in my development as an athlete, because at that point, I'd only been running for four years and I was a professional in the sport. So there was kind of a lag between like my ability level in results and my training age being so young. Uh, I think it just like wasn't a great match for everything. And I needed to go do some other stuff. I was also pretty burnt out on the track. So ultimately after a year in Flagstaff, I decided to go back to Salt Lake and kind of try and figure out more of like what would make me happy I did want to do trail running and um they were pretty against that so that kind of contributed to the leaving too um so yeah I just left and kind of wanted to dabble and I I don't really think I thought I would become a pro trail runner necessarily but I wanted to try it and at least do training runs on trails because I do enjoy that and um yeah so I decided to go out on my own and figure it out yeah what did that process look like when you're kind of trying to figure out what like worked best for you or what would make you happy it was initially pretty scary because you're walking out of a contract you're walking out of like job security um knowing that you don't have anything lined up yet and so that was kind of so you're you're betting on yourself which can be risky and feel Mm -hmm. scary but Basically, I I sat down one day and like wrote down a bunch of things that make me happy and tried to like boil it down to one word thing. So some of the things on it were like sun, uh, trails, outside, exercise, running. So like really simple list and tried to kind of picture like what scenario or situation would give me m- the most of those things I could get. And that involved like trail running. So left um, and yeah, the betting on yourself is hard. And I think there's like a time and a place to do it, but kind of once you make the decision, at least for me, I felt like, well, 
I've done it now. So I have no choice but to like make this work because mm -hmm. I don't want to fail either. But I did believe that I could make it work and I believed in myself and it paid off at the end of that year winning worlds and um, I was sponsored by then. So yeah, it was definitely scary, but I, <laughs> I don't take it back. I would do it again if I could. Yeah. It seems like you made a good decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always used like that process to make decisions or did that just like come out of nowhere? Yeah, I think to some extent I have. Um, I, when I make decisions, like big decisions, I don't overthink them necessarily, but I do spend a lot of time thinking about them and like trying to make sure I've thought of all the things that might go into it before I decide on something. So I'm, I would not say I'm like an impulsive decision maker. And that one, because it was so connected to like my life and lifestyle and where I was living and it was like a very big decision. Uh, I felt like it needed to come from like a very deeply rooted place inside of myself for it to work. Cause I felt like if I was basing it on extrinsic values of some sort, that wouldn't be sustainable. So yeah, I guess like to answer your question, if it's a life-changing decision, I try and make sure it's based on like intrinsic internal values and what I care about. Um, Cause then in the end you won't regret it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. What what was your first like trail race? It was the Brighton Cirque series um, in Utah. It was on my birthday that year, and I left in June, and my birthday's in June, so I did it like just for shits because <laughs> <laughs> it was like up the street from my house, and I was like, well, whatever. Like I wanted to do this, and I'm not sponsored now, so I can do whatever race I want. And I ended up getting second in the pro field to oh, wow. a Nordic to an Olympian. And then I beat a couple pro trail runners and it was a pretty technical race, I would say. Um, so that's kind of when I was like, oh, I might be kind of good at this. And it was like the most fun I had had racing <laughs> maybe ever. I thought it was the coolest thing. And it's like, I'm going to be into this. This is so cool. <laughs> How long was it? Uh, I think it's only like seven miles. It took like just over an hour. Okay. Yeah. What did you like so much about it compared to other races you had done before? It was so like varied. There was boulder fields. So part of it, you're like climbing over big boulders. Um, and so you're not really running at all at that point. You're like scrambling with your, mm -hmm. you're using your hands and going as fast as you can and then there was a couple big snow fields so you were like sliding on your butt or glissading and then post holing and um it wasn't perfect I feel like on the track and the road you're chasing perfection and I, that's hard for me because I don't I don't know if I believe that perfection exists really and on the trail um you you know it's not perfect and it's not going to be and that like lifts a lot of expectations for me and so then it's just managing elements and but having fun too like you get these sick views from the top of a summit and 
you're up at 10,000 feet and it's so cool. And then you have to go like climb these boulders and then make sure you don't fall flat on your face on the downhill. And there's just like so much going on and you don't have time to stop and think how bad it hurts or that you didn't hit a split or that your 400 was two seconds too slow and now you need to make it up. You're just really in the moment. And I think that is kind of where all clicks for me. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Had you practiced that like glissading and stuff before? Or oh, no, no. <laughs> definitely not. Like not on purpose. Yeah. Um, I pretty much just watched the girls that I was following and was like, well, I guess I do that now. We like, <laughs> I don't know. And the girl that won was a Nordic skier, an Olympic Nordic skier. So she was like very comfortable on the snow. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Was that the same year you competed at the World Mountain Championships? Yeah. Okay. So how was that just going from like, I'm going to throw myself into this like random race to I'm winning like the world champs? That was a crazy progression that I did not expect. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, so to qualify for Worlds, I had to run US champs and I won that. And that was even like super cool because I'd never won a national title before. Um, didn't think I could win a national title. And then I was starting to kind of believe in myself in this. And so then going to win worlds, I think mentally I was kind of unprepared for that because um, it was like a meteoric rise that I didn't have a ton of time to process because it was only from June to November. So. I don't know, four months from the time I did my first trail race to when I won world champs. And it, it was a lot to wrap my head around. And I, it took me like over a year probably to like fully wrap my head around like what had happened um, and be comfortable with it and like process it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Is that more of like a confidence type thing or just like it's just still in shock or what? Oh, yeah, I think a little of both. I was in shock for a while and it was hard to like even say like I'm a world champion. I like couldn't get myself to say it because um, I didn't know if I really believed it. And say so it was coming into like believing that it had happened. Yeah. Do you feel like your training like has changed kind of since then? Or you kind of like were like this worked for me, so I'll kind of keep it going. Yeah, I kind of, it's been mostly the same. I've gone through like a couple coaching changes the last couple years since then, but um, basically the gist of training for me is that it's very like road and track centric and pretty similar to what, if you're running a half marathon to 10K, on the road kind of how you would train for that is basically how I train with the exception that like one or two days a week generally I'll add like a trail run in in place of just a road run but the okay. trail runs are usually easy my easy runs um this summer was different because I was more injured and so I was doing more on the trail than I ever have before and cross training more than I ever have before but I think that like once I get back to 100%, it'll be more track and road-based again. Yeah. How was that adjustment to more trail and like cross-training? 
it was kind of fun. Um, the injury part was not fun, but I do, like I said before, want to be just like an all-around athlete. So um, I got pretty good at mountain biking. I was like able to get some Strava segments and like be in the mix on Strava, which for me is like big because uh, when I first started <laughs> mountain biking, there was like I was like 200th and especially cyclists are crazy on Strava. They're so good. I, so I know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, to like crack top 10 and get like cups and stuff was like pretty fun. And it was cool to just like develop a new skill inside of me being an athlete that I didn't have time to work on before. Um, and then the trail stuff was fun. Like spending more time on the trails is, I love the trails. So it was joyful for me. Um, yeah. I don't know that if I had to go run like a track race right now, like the speed would not be there because <laughs> um, it's definitely slower, but I think it's good too for just building like um, strength with volume at a low intensity as opposed to like high intensity track work. I think you can like get to the same place eventually, but um, yeah. yeah, so there are good things about it. Mm -hmm. I did see your new bike and it looked pretty sweet. Yeah, it's really pretty. Um, I haven't had a full suspension before. I was riding a hardtail before this one. So this is a game changer and it has been very fun. I've gone over the handlebars a couple of times, but uh -oh. no like major wipeouts yet, really. Um, That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> so it's fun. And yeah, it's fun to like learn a new sport and meet new people in a new sport. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, how was it using those um, roller skis or whatever? Oh, yeah. So that was fun, too. My fiance is a pro Nordic skier. Um, so I've been around skiing and I do ski in the winter to cross train. But he had never let me roller ski because they were all convinced it was like way too dangerous. And objectively, it's like super dangerous because <laughs> there's no brakes on them. And you're going like... My watch at one point told me I was going 35 miles per hour, like on the pavement. Wow. And if you fall, you're just like skidding on pavement. And they're probably more unstable than rollerblades for reference, because there's only the two wheels. Um, yeah. And you can't really stop quickly if like a car comes or something, or like on a downhill, you have to make sure like no cars are coming. But yeah, I finally convinced them this summer because I was so down about not being able to run to let me roller ski. And that was pretty fun. And like, it's a great workout because um, Nordic skiing is so hard and I did not wipe out. So that was like the win of the summer. <laughs> I didn't wipe out roller ski. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, after you had that initial success in 2019 uh, in trail running, what made you then like come back and be like I'm gonna try and kind of combo everything like I'm gonna go back do some track races road like what made you uh kind of diversify for lack of a better word um I guess well I felt like I wasn't done I saw it unfinished business on the track and the road and I still like just because I was good at and liked trail running I felt like that didn't mean I had to give up running on the track or the road and then I also kind of selfishly wanted to prove the people wrong that said that I 
I heard a couple of things when I left um, Flagstaff the first time that I left because I knew I wouldn't be good enough on the road or the track. Um, so trail running, I think sometimes gets the um, connotation that it's for like, it's your second choice or like your plan B or you know you won't be good enough. So then you go do trail running and I wanted to prove that it wasn't a plan B and I like them all and I think I can do them all well and compete at an elite level in all of them and um, like why does it have to be that way so that was kind of part of the motivation too um, mm -hmm. yeah and then the Olympic trials were coming up so I wanted to make sure I was in those yeah I mean I'd say six of the trials proves uh, a lot of people wrong I hope so yeah <laughs> if anything yeah in the future do you have plans to still kind of do the same thing yeah yeah i think for 2024 i'm looking more at the marathon olympic trials okay. um and transitioning to longer road stuff up to the marathon uh, i think i i just like road running a little bit more than track running um for whatever reason if i can like see where i'm going i can run faster than running in circles I think okay. it's a thing, but yeah. yeah. So I kind of like road running better, but I think that will be fun this year to have a lot of plans for 2023 because my plans for this year got squashed um, with the injury. So next year I have a lot of big plans that might not all fit into one year, but we'll see. Yeah. What is your injury right now that prevented you from going to Worlds? You know, we're still not really sure. It's like a hip issue that is related, I think, stemming from the foot issue. I think I was running funny on my torn planter for too long, and then it kind of worked its way up the chain. Um, so it, it kind of like goes dead or numb, and there's like some loss of motor control mm -hmm. and then pain. So no one has really been able to tell me what's wrong after a lot of PT appointments and doctor appointments and MRIs. Um, which is frustrating, but I guess the, the silver lining that people keep telling me that I'm trying to believe is that nothing is like super broken or torn either. Um, yeah, so we're just trying to like hopefully get it back up and running with some strength and rehab and go from there. Yeah, has it been improving? Uh, yeah, I would say so. It's very slow. I'm, I'm also impatient, so... It's yeah. not a good combo, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know what that's like. I've had a foot issue since the summer, and then I think that translated to a hip issue at the no. end of summer. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm in a rest period right now trying to figure that out. Same, yeah. Yeah, hopefully it will pay off for us yeah. in <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you feel like there's a big culture shift in the different – uh, types of running like track road trail oh yes um yeah I think the type of people that are attracted to trail running tend to have like different interests outside of running than maybe the person that's more attracted to road or track mm -hmm. um, trail runners seem to be a little more removed not removed in a bad way but like cognizant that there is a world that exists outside of their sport. 
um, yeah. even sports that exist outside of their sport. Like there are a lot more trail runners that mountain bike or rock climb or ski in the winter. Um, and I think that's hard to find in the track and road world. Cause I think uh, perf- again, back to kind of perfection is like kind of bred in yeah. the culture of track and road. Cause it's so precise and requires like very calculated training and I think you can kind of I keep saying this to people I think you can like fake it till you make it more in trail running than you can in road and track and I think track and road stuff exposes you a little bit more than sometimes trail does because there's so many more elements to juggle in trail races than in road and track races yeah do you have any tips for like beginner runners that are wanting to progress from like road to trail? Um, are they just like being comfortable on the trail is like a big first step. Um, so just, you don't have to like go fast, but be out there. Even hiking, I think can get you comfortable on like, oh, if I step on this rock and it slides, how does that make me feel? And like, how do you respond to it? And um, I think if you really want to get into it, I think like the agility ladders that people do for soccer, I don't know if you've seen those. So yeah. I feel like that translates really well to trail running because it is a lot more agility required than if you're just running on the road or somewhere flat. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you feel like your agility needs work too, then I would suggest that. But just kind of being out there and getting comfortable in the environment, I think is a great first step. So like a low pressure environment to just enjoy it and get comfortable. Yeah, it's a good tip. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you think that there's like a big trajectory and increase in popularity in like trail running recently? I do, yeah, especially the sub ultra distances. Um, I think in the US people, think that trail running and ultra running are synonymous and they're not and there's like a whole culture of sub ultra running that in Europe is huge that is like they think that's the coolest thing the Italians have a trail running team year round and they fund it and um, it's kind of like a team USA for track but for trail mountain running in Italy and in the U.S. we just like don't have it's getting there but people think like trail running they think western states or those like big ultra races which are great um but I think they kind of forget like there exists trail races outside of that and it'd be cool if more people in the U.S. could think like oh I want to be a trail runner that doesn't mean I have to run 100 miles uh you could run short races too and they're like accessible to people like training for 100 miles is a lot I don't know if I could run 100 miles (laughs) Um, so I would be scared too scared off of trail running if that's what I thought it was so it would be cool to see more shift but I do think especially since I've graduated college it's like shifting that way and um like Lauren Gregory she was on the Challenge Stelina team with me, and then she was at World Champs, too, on the gold medal team just a couple weeks ago. And it's really cool to see her, like, right out of college, kind of being curious and getting into the trail world. Because I think 
like I said before, in the past, people, that's your plan B. If you're not good enough on the road or the track, you go to trail. And I want that to be people's plan A and just as valid and respected as going to the track or the road. And if you're like me and Lauren and you want to do all three, then that's great too. Um, so that's been cool. And I hope that like me and Lauren and others can like see that and follow our footsteps and make more subculture trail running in the U.S. a bigger name for itself. Yeah, definitely. We interviewed Lauren a couple months back, so we know like how <laughs> great both of you guys are at uh, doing the mountain and the like track and road side. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, super cool. I love yeah. to love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like there's enough of those short trail races or there needs to be more? I think there could be more. I also think there are a lot that don't get a ton of attention, um, like the Cirque series in the Western. It is hard because that's like more, they're all in the Western half of the U.S. So everyone on the East Coast don't hear about them as much, but those are as close to like European mountain racing as you can get, I would say, in my experience um, in the U.S. So I think it would be cool if we could like get the word out more about those. And I think it helps when like me and Joe Gray do them. Um, people are like, what race is this that they're here for? But yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> and then what like do you use as like motivation to keep like training? Um, I really do like enjoy training. It is fun to me. And sometimes I think I like training more than I like racing. Most of the time, I think that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like just being active. I think in being an athlete and getting out there and enjoying the outdoors, whether it's on a bike or on my feet or on skis. Um, and when things get hard, because they do, even though it's my job and I'm a professional at it. There are plenty of days I don't feel like doing it. And I think then it's just a good practice and habit to get into that it is something I'm doing like for myself, um, for my mental and physical health and kind of remembering that. And then my why, back to my why. So that list I made of like what brings me joy um, can really help to like get back into a motivated state yeah does that change at all in the winter or about the same uh yeah the winter is definitely harder <laughs> i do not <laughs> like being cold but so one thing i've tried with that is i've tried to embrace like more winter sports because my thought at least was if i can enjoy like nordic skiing or i got a touring set up for this year too that could be fun um or even like snowshoe running, which honestly I did not like very much. But <laughs> if I can like try these new things and try and embrace them as winter sports and like instead of hating the snow, use it as an opportunity to ski, which is something I only get to do when it snows and kind of like shift towards gratitude instead of like hating it. Uh, that's been something I've the last couple winters that has helped me get through like the snowy days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are great ideas. Um, and then we have some quick hit questions. Okay. <laughs> um, 
So what's your favorite piece of Saucony gear? Oh, gosh. The Peregrine shoes, trail shoes. Good choice. Mm -hmm. uh, best running city? Salt Lake. Picking home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard to beat. <laughs> um, what's your favorite hobby outside of running? This I've spent years trying to get a hobby. Um, so I finally have one. And it is, <laughs> my fiance hates it, eating out. <laughs> like going out to eat. <laughs> what are some racks for um, Salt Lake for people that might live there? Oh, so many. Um, Downtown, if you can go to like Taqueria 27, I think that's good for tacos. Um, what's, oh, Undercurrent or Current is like a great, nicer restaurant with more seafood vibe. Uh, there's some good vegan restaurants too. And I'm not vegan, but I do appreciate some good vegan food. So Bolt Cutter is good. Um, they have a couple, like the owners own a couple restaurants. So. I like I just like food. Yeah. So Do you consider it's yourself an expensive a hobby, eater? but <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite food? Um, probably like Mexican food if I had to pick a genre. Okay. Good choice. Yeah. And then we do uh daddy duos, which is like our two like favorite things. Uh, okay. And we go in like a snake draft. So you'll start, and then me, and then Eric, and then we'll go back to you. Okay. Uh, and since Thanksgiving's coming up, and we were just talking about food, we're going to do best Thanksgiving dishes. Okay, I'm ready for this. All right, so you'll start. So I say something, like a either or? Uh, just your favorite uh, Thanksgiving dish. Um, Brussels, really, really crispy Brussels sprouts. Ooh, okay. It's a good choice with some like maple on them. Yeah, caramelized. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with apple pie. I know pumpkins like generally the like big fan, and I do love pumpkin pie, but like I don't know, a good like apple pie is like hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go with like a sweet potato with like marshmallow dish. Um, yeah, so I usually do that with like brown sugar and then marshmallow or like my girlfriend's family does like marshmallow in the middle and then there's like sweet potato around it. So it's little like bites. Yeah. Those are really good. Um, for my second one, I'll do pecan pie, chocolate chip pecan pie because my dad makes a really good one. Okay. That's a really good one. His dad does make really good pecan pie. <laughs> yeah, there was one year where that was literally, like, I didn't have dinner. I just ate the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, my second pick will be, I was going to say sweet potatoes too, actually. But I will go with a good, like, green bean casserole. Okay, that's pretty good. Um... I guess I have to hold down savory for it, but uh, like really good mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. yeah. Any like particular thing in them, like garlic or cheese or anything? 
Yeah, gotta get garlic in there. A good amount of salt. So they're definitely like flavorful. Um, and maybe like a couple chunks too. Like I don't mind like yeah. chunkier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still creamy, but chunky. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Sweet. Um, okay, I'll do a pie. I guess I have to have a dessert too. Uh, sweet potato pie. It's kind of a combo of your choices, but I do like a good sweet potato pie. It's a good one. Yeah. I don't know if I've actually had sweet potato pie, but one of my patients today was telling me about their son makes like a sweet potato pie cheesecake thing. Oh gosh, that would yeah. be good. Sounded yeah. really good. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess my last pick will be uh i mean you gotta go with the turkey like i know <clears throat> yeah i mean it's a staple for thanksgiving like some people prefer to do other stuff kind of in recent years um people do like chicken or some people like deep fry turkeys now too but i feel like turkey's a staple you gotta have it yep definitely um, I'm gonna go with stuffing, but like a Trader, the Trader Joe's has the one with like apples and like sausage in it, I think it is. Yeah. And that one's really good. I like, I buy it and then I, it's like a take and bake, so I heat it up and then I put like eggs on it and have it for breakfast. Oh, Ooh. that is a good idea. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah. but yeah, stuffing, if it's made well, um, can be really good. Sweet. And then uh, what got you into the like training log stuff and can you talk about that a little bit? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I started drawing a bullet journal my first year out of college because I was just kind of bored. And I also wanted a place, I'd always had like a daily planner and a training log, but that meant I ended up carrying two books around all the time. So I thought, well, it would be great if I could put this all like in the same place. Because uh, I also kind of realized, too, that your training in life, you can't compartmentalize them. You can't separate them. Like, they're very intertwined. Um, and your training doesn't exist in a vacuum. So for me, it's helpful to see, like, if I have a really busy day that day and lots of things that I'm doing, the overall stress on my body might be higher than just the eight-mile run that I have in training so being like cognizant of that and what I'm doing outside of training and how that can affect training is helpful. And then seeing on the same page, like right in front of you is pretty eye-opening. Um, so it's just, yeah, kind of started as a creative thing and like a need and people asked me where I bought it. And I said, no, I drew this. And so then I thought, oh, maybe that's a, a gap in the market that I need to like capitalize on. Um, yeah. And that was four years ago. So this is the fifth edition that came out this fall, just a couple weeks ago. And it's been really, I sell out every year. So that's been really fun. And it's just been like a fun way to connect with the running community outside of like race results. Cause right. everyone has mental health and has a life outside of training. And it's like a fun way to relate to people that, I don't get to relate with them on like other topics. So it's been cool. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super important. I feel like I'm a physical therapist. So like 
I see so many people get hurt from stuff like outside of running, like they'll have yeah. a death family or a busy work week or something like you were saying. So yeah. it's really cool to be able to just see it all on one page. Yeah, stress is stress and it's yeah. easy to forget. Um, so when it's sitting right in front of you on a page, it kind of forces you to think about it. Yeah, where can people find it? It's on my website and uh, so racing-grayson.com and then it'll redirect you whether you're an international sale or a U.S. sale, depending on what link you click on. Sweet. Yeah, definitely yeah. check that out. And then where can people find you on social media? Racing Grayson on pretty much every platform. Um, yeah, and I love answering questions and I try and reply to people as long as it's like a nice a nice person yeah. <laughs> it's not weird so yeah i try and find almost everyone <laughs> great well thank you for coming on thanks for having me guys of course have a good one you too